At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Conference tournaments rolling on. We keep the college basketball conversation moving. And joining me now is Jim Root from the Three Man Weave. You follow on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Jim was at the West Coast Championship game between Gonzaga and St. Mary's. A little magic cover for the Zags. Uh, but Jim, you look at this team. At right now, they are the number one overall seed. I do think there's a chance that somebody else, like maybe a Baylor, if they win the Big 12, could become that number one overall seed. But does Gonzaga look to you like the team to beat in this NCAA tournament? The true best team. It's funny you mentioned the number one overall seed because Sean Farnham in the arena announced them as such. And I was like, well, I don't think that's yeah. <laughs> totally official yet. Uh, you might be getting ahead of yourself, but yeah, they're, they're certainly in line for it as we, as we stand. Uh, I, I have a hard time with it. I came into the year thinking this was the favorite. And I think the, the element that Chad, Chad Holmgren has added as a rim protector, like Mark few cited that multiple times throughout this tournament in, in his press conferences, like, it's so much better to have him because they can pressure out on the perimeter. They're a lot more comfortable doing that with a true back line of defense, something they just did not have at all last year. They, they were a lot more vulnerable at the rim. That said, I, I do have some concerns with like the wing defense and the guard defense. I think teams that can really put the ball on the floor can, can give them issues. Uh, San Francisco did that in the second half. Alabama did it early in the year. Duke did it early in the year. I think that is a flaw that could get exposed a little bit. 
but I was also impressed with them. The way they won both these two games, the San Francisco and St. Mary's, when they win in different ways, uh, tonight, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren basically were, were silent on offense, and they combined for 18 points, but that's like, you know, half of what they normally put up. And it was the guards that went off. Uh, Nemhard had a great second half. Bolton had a great second half. So the fact that they can win in different ways makes them a little bit different than last year. I think it was kind of all offense. They just kind of put it on you. But this year, it's they can win some defensively, slow, fast, inside, outside. Uh, so I have them right up there with, I would say, Kentucky um, and, and maybe Arizona, too, as one of the three teams to beat, I'll call them. Okay, so who, if you had to pick out maybe a couple of teams, who has the formula to beat Gonzaga that if they're paired up in the region together, the Zags should be concerned? Yeah, if, if they get like Kentucky shipped out west or something as their two seed, I think would be a problem. Uh, Duke, obviously, they, they Duke already beat them on a neutral yeah. court. Uh, so did Alabama. They, <laughs> yes, exactly. Put, put it on them, too. And I... Th- those are the blueprints of, of the team that can be with multiple different guards that can create off the bounce. Uh, you know, that the Gonzaga guards are not that big, like Bolton, Hickman, Salas. I guess Salas has some size to him, but they're not that strong. Like they don't have these power guards uh, that can really stand up to somebody getting into their chest, getting downhill uh, and getting to the glass. I think that has caused them some issues in the past. And, and, you know, somebody like Alabama, uh, like Kentucky, I mean, if if you have, you know, um, if, if you're trying to play through the paint against Gonzaga, I think you're really going to struggle because of Holmgren and his presence. But if you have guys that can move their defense around, make them kind of scramble a little bit with different weapons, then that, that's the formula to beat this Gonzaga team, I think. Oh, I hope the committee just puts Alabama as the five seed in the in the West, you know? Like, just just give it to us, you know? Give us the rematch. We want to see it, see how Gonzaga handles himself. That is if Alabama even gets that far, uh, let's while we're on the topic, let's talk about them. I think they're absolutely one of the teams that has to prove something, not to everyone else, but maybe to themselves here in, the, in, in their conference tournament because they're a team earlier in the year, Pete Gonzaga. They also have a couple other big wins lately, not looking like that team, Jim. Right. They're, they're up and down. That's kind of the hard thing to figure out with them. They can lay a stinker when you, you think it's a perfect spot for them, or they can come out when you think their backs are against the wall and knock off a really good team. So that's, you know, when you're, when you're picking a bracket pool too, you're like, do I want to knock this team out early or do mm-hmm. I want to have them go far? They're, they're capable of both. Uh, Nate Oates, their coach has kind of talked about, he's not super certain what their rotation is. And look, it's, it's March 8th, man. You're entering the postseason. It's not a great sign that he's still kind of trying to find the right blends, the right combinations of offense, defense, uh, guards, forwards, just how to figure out how to play his style, which is very centric on perimeter shooting. Uh, I, I think that's a team I don't really trust. Uh, and I've been a big Oats supporter in the past, but I just don't like the way this roster fits with how he likes to play. So I'm, I'm kind of bearish on Alabama. Mm, okay. Uh, we got the, uh, let's see. Their first game is going to be uh, so winner of Vanderbilt, Georgia. I think they play the winner of Vanderbilt, Georgia. Yeah. So they should be able to get by that. But then with the matchup against Kentucky, they're not yeah. beating Kentucky. So, no, uh, no they're they're not. yeah, <laughs> but if they do win now, all of a sudden, we're saying, hey, everyone look out for Alabama. Uh, who's another team in your mind that has to prove something here during their conference tournament? Ooh, Doesn't necessarily have to be a bubble team, 
that is, you know, trying to get in. Maybe it's a team that's already in the NCAA tournament that just has to prove that they could actually win a couple of games and get to the Sweet 16. I'll go with Iowa here. Uh, They've been very good late. Uh, They they were much better down the stretch of the Big Ten schedule than they were early. Uh, Their metrics, I still think, are a little bit inflated from blowing teams out uh, in their non-conference. Not a great schedule that they played. So I don't think their metrics totally match their resume, their profile. Like Their big wins are pretty empty. I think they still only have one Q1 win. So, you know, you can get hyped about this team and the fact that they have a national player of the year candidate and a bunch of lethal shooters around him, some depth, uh, a really crisp offense. But we need to see it on the court. We need to see them beat a few more teams. Now in the Big Ten, they've got to go through Rutgers in the second round, a team that is going to be desperate because they are right on the bubble. They're going to have to beat them in the, in, the, in the quarterfinals. And then they'll get Illinois again, a team that kind of had on the ropes at Assembly Hall but weren't able to finish. And I think that is some of the general concern with them is, is maybe they can't finish against these top teams despite looking great against inferior competition. So Iowa, I think I'd like to see them get to at least the semifinals with Illinois to, to really buy into them making a run in March Madness. It's amazing. Rutgers is a team that actually I think was hurt by getting the four seed in yes. the Big Ten because getting the double buy into the quarterfinals it's it's one less game, you know. If they were je- if they were the five seed, if they were reversed with Iowa, they could pick up that win and then advance to the quarterfinals and then you know see what happens. But if they if they're one and done in the conference tournament, yeah, it's great they got the double buy and they got the four seed. But uh, you're just crossing your fingers and hoping that you're playing in Dayton in in the first four. Uh, speaking right. of those uh, first four, team like Xavier. SMU is Memphis safe from that first four or is Penny Hardaway going to be seeing his team in there? I think they're probably um, safe without a bad loss. I think they will be above the, uh, the, 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 the first four there, but if they lose their quarterfinal game in the AAC tournament, I think maybe they could drop into that, that grouping. Uh, I think they're probably it's going to be tough for them to fall out of the tournament with the sweep of Houston. And actually the resume is, is pretty stout at this point, relatively impressive. Uh, so I would, I would think they're going to be in, but if they can't get that quarterfinal win, if there is a letdown after sweeping Houston, it's a young team. Uh, they could have some, some issues getting right back up after a, a massive effort to blow out Houston. Then they could drop into that first four game. And then you start getting the talk of, is this this year's UCLA? Is this the team mm. that, can can make a run out of that first four game all the way to the final four. And they're certainly talented enough to do it. I'm not sure. I, I believe in a Penny Hardaway team winning five straight games against really quality competition, but man, the talent, the athleticism, the physicality that they play with, it, it's going to be tough to prepare for in a short turnaround, a short window. Uh, so whoever does draw them is going to have to uh, not take them lightly because they have a very high ceiling. Yeah. I mean, everyone seems to be talking about, Oh, no one wants to play Memphis come the NCAA tournament. So, you know, do you think they're capable of making a run from an 11th seed to get to uh, at least maybe get to an elite eight? Yeah, they're, they're capable. Um, it just, I mean, even just what they've done against uh, Houston, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Houston hasn't beaten a lot of great teams. That's the flaw in their resume. Their, their analytics certainly outpace their, uh, their, their resume, like I was saying with Iowa, but Memphis has been super impressive against them. They, they really took care of business when Deandre Williams was on the court and Imani Bates was off. When you had that kind of roster setting, 
they were an awesome team. They were really, really good. All the foibles from early in the season that we kind of poked fun at them for pretty much fell away. Like a lot of their bad losses were DeAndre Williams didn't play. Bates was out there. Those are kind of the key indicators with them. Their roster situation is what's very important. And they seem to be fully, fully healthy besides Bates. And that's the best version of them. So I think, yeah, I, I definitely think they're capable of making a run. Indiana in or out. Out right now, definitely need to beat Michigan to feel any sort of security uh, in that that Big Ten uh, opening round game. Not sure they'll get it done. I know a lot of Indiana fans that I know are pretty skeptical of it. They're, they're like, oh, we never go and, and are successful at the Big Ten tournament. But it's a new regime. It's Mike Woodson. It's not Archie Miller. Maybe that's a, you know, a light of fire under them. They played a little bit better late. I thought the game at Purdue where they stood up and and stayed in it against a team that was hyper-motivated to blow them out after the first loss was, was really impressive by the Hoosiers. So I don't think all hope is lost for them, but as it stands, I think they're outside looking in and, and need to get that victory. Yeah. Mike Woodson year one, not according to plan just yet. No. Uh, Jim, hang with me. I'm going to get to uh, some of the games that you like coming up tomorrow. Plus I want to see what you think of my pick to make it to the final four and a potential long shot to win the national championship. He's Jim Root. You check him out on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Of course, from the three-man weave. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Coming up next, we'll get to the slate. Coming up here for Wednesday, conference tournament action. Plus, let's see if Jim agrees with me on my pick to go to the Final Four and win the title, possibly. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray as they have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, rejoined by Jim Root from Three Man Weave. You follow him on Twitter at Second Chance Points. And before we get into the games here for Wednesday, Jim, I got to ask you about my pick to go to the Final Four at plus 600, the Villanova Wildcats. I've yeah, mentioned I mean... this. On every show, the seeding is going to be important for them. I think they win the Big East. And if they're a three seed in the East region, they play its first two games in Pittsburgh. All right, it's a long drive across the state, whatever. But then they play the Sweet 16 and regional final at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, where they play several home games a year. They know the sight lines. They know the arena very well. You know they'll be comfortable there. They can sleep in their own beds. Don't have to worry about any travel scenarios or whatnot. I think that this Jay Wright team, also the best free throw shooting team in the nation, which I love come tournament time, is very live to make a deep tournament run. 
Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned them winning the Big East. I think they will, too. I think they'll win the Big East tournament, and they, they could be the two seed in the East, even. Like, I, I think mm. they have that kind of seed upside if they're able to get a couple of victories there. They beat UConn and Providence or something back-to-back. Yeah, I think they could uh, sneak up onto that two-line. Here's my concern with Villanova. Uh, the, the past couple seasons, are, are the best Jay Wright teams, the ones that have made runs, have had true NBA talent. Uh, whether it was Josh Hart or Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges. I mean, the 18, 2018 team was absolutely loaded, but yeah. the 16 team had some some NBA talent too. They had freshman Brunson. They had Josh Hart, like I said. Don't hate on Dante DiVincenzo. Come on. That's true. Hey, my Bucks <laughs> took him in the first round. So I, I, I definitely a, a hat tip to Mr. Uh, the, the Delaware Jordan, I believe he went by. Um, but yeah, so this, this year's team, I don't know if they have a, a guy that's going to get like regular time in the pros. Maybe if Brandon Slater keeps developing or Gillespie gets some of the Archie Diacono minutes at that level, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like their talent level is quite as high, which really narrows their margin for error. Mm. I think that's kind of the concern. Uh, but the, the, they always start kind of ahead because they're going to take smart shots. They take care of the ball. Like you said, the free throw shooting, it, not only are they the best this year, they're one of like the best free throw shooting teams of all time. They're at like 85% in Big East play, which is absurd. Uh, so you're, you're getting like, you know, anytime they go to line, it's two free points. Uh, so I like Villanova because of the coaching, because I trust the system. I trust they're going to take good shots and play disciplined defense. I'm just worried that, uh, the offense can get bogged down against a good team. Like when they played at Baylor, I think that's the one example that's going to, you know, really spook people a little bit with this team. Mm. Big East tournament getting underway. A couple of early games, uh, Georgetown, Seton Hall, DePaul, St. John's and Butler Xavier. Uh, the Pac-12 also getting underway, Jim. And uh, I think there are very interesting games on this early slate. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State is one that jumps out to me because I actually believe that three-win Badger team is live in this spot against Oregon. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Oregon's kind of circling the drain right now. They've really faltered down the stretch. And their best player, Will Richardson, is out. He will not be playing in this one, probably not the entire tournament. That is a major concern for, you know, Dana Altman. We usually think of him peaking in March, and I kind of been beating that drum for a while, and I have given up on it. I'm finally waving the white flag on this Ducks team, whereas I think Oregon State competed well late in the season. For, for a three-win team, they were not showing a lot of quit, and we saw Wayne Tinkle go through this event last year with Oregon state winning the, the PAC 12 title, he mixes defenses, which is kind of tough to deal with in this kind of setting. And this is a, a rivalry game. We know Oregon state's going to bring it against their, their civil war rivals. So yeah. I'm with you. I, I think they're live. And I think that nine and a half is a pretty solid bet. The night session at T-Mobile arena will uh, tip off with California and Washington state with uh, the Cougars an eight point favorite over Cal. Uh, can Cal keep it close? Or you like the Cougars here? They could keep it close. It's kind of been their MO under Mark Fox, a, a feisty underdog that's maybe a little bit devoid of talent. Uh, they're missing one of their best players for the season, Andre Kelly. They've sort of adapted well without him, but I'm leaning towards Washington State here. I just think they're kind of on another uh, talent level from Cal. They have the size to compete in the paint, which is Cal's strength. And they, they've got the, uh, the the master of data raid, Kyle Smith. He's their coach. It's almost like a college basketball money ball. He's trying to think of angles and numbers where he can take advantage of things. Uh, they've got uh, a roster that coming into this year. I think people thought they had a chance to be an at-large tournament team. They didn't end up getting the big wins they needed, but this is kind of the reset button. You go to the Pac-12 tournament, you can redeem yourself, go on a run, 
and maybe find yourself in the final like Oregon State did last year and, and with a, a potential tournament bid. So I, I think Washington State is a solid favorite there with, with their re- rejuvenation of a talented team and, and a new life in a tournament setting. Let's talk about the late game. Utah against Washington. Washington just a slim one-point favorite over the Utes. Uh, just 11 wins for the Utes, four wins inside the conference this season. But can they get off to a fast start here in the tournament? Yeah, Utah was kind of the like anti-Providence, anti-Wisconsin. They could not win close games this year. They were terrible in, in those games decided by five or six points. I believe at one point they were like one in 10. They might have won one or two late in the season to up that record, but it was a struggle for them. They had some injuries throughout the season. First year coach Craig Smith kind of cobbled together the roster. Washington was actually pretty good in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised. I think they were in line close to getting that that four seed and getting the bye. But here they are, day one, playing a Utah team that I would say has underperformed expectations and maybe just uh, doesn't quite have the the talent that a lot of people thought they would. I'm leaning towards Washington here. They they are playing that that two three zone under Hopkins. They've gone back to it a little bit more. Uh, the Jim Beheim disciple that he is. And the individual talent has been has been solid. They they in the offseason brought in a bunch of guys that are from Seattle. It kind of rejuvenated the roster. Terrell Brown's been a, a terrific scorer, former Wisconsin, excuse me, former Arizona guy. So I like the Huskies there. As much as I respect Craig Smith and Utah, it's just the team doesn't have it this year, unfortunately. So I, I would go Huskies. You mentioned Jim Beheim. So let's segue to the Orange. Syracuse has had a very disappointing season, but if there's one thing you can say about Jim Beheim's teams, they are tournament-tested. They have their ACC tournament opener against Florida State on Wednesday. Can the Cuse make it to the second round? Yeah, I like Syracuse a lot here, actually. Um, partially because of what you are saying with uh, how they are in the tournament and the zone is kind of difficult to prep for. I think Florida State's a bad zone offense, too. Not a lot of shooting, not a guy I love to to put at that free throw line, which is where you need a, a patient passer, maybe a guy that can hit a floater, a mid-range jumper. That's that's kind of a weakness of this Florida State roster right now. And man, Syracuse can get white hot from the outside. Uh, we, we've seen him do it before with, with Buddy Beheim, Jimmy Beheim, uh, uh, Cole Swider, the Villanova transfers, had a couple of really big games down the stretch. And you know that arena is going to be packed with Syracuse fans. The oh, yeah. tournament's in, in New York. It's at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. They always travel well, and they don't have to travel very far for this one. So I, I think with that atmosphere, uh, Bayheim's history, and the fact that they can get hot from the perimeter and the matchup, I like Syracuse quite a bit in that early tip in the ACC. Yeah, it's not quite the garden, but it'll still be packed with Orange fans in the Barclays Center. Uh, if it's not Duke in the ACC tournament, who is it? Somebody from the bottom half, is that too generic of an answer? Uh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be looking at like Miami or, or Wake Forest in that conference just because they're up with Duke, and I think that's going to be too tough of a draw. Uh, on the bottom, though, I think the long shot I like is Virginia Tech. Mm. Uh, there's, there's probably a case to be made for Notre Dame as well. but uh, I was going to say Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very similar. Um, not very deep, very shooting-reliant. Uh, and Notre Dame has, you know, they have to win one less game. So perhaps they have the the edge there. Uh, they're both in the bubble scenario. They're they're not you know comfortably in or anything, so they're not going to coast through this tournament. But Virginia Tech probably needs to win it to get in, whereas Notre Dame might just need a win or two. So I think Virginia Tech, with their shooting, their predictive rankings are still very strong. So I, I think the the spreads you're going to see there are 
relatively low for a team in their seed position. I love their coach, Mike Young, and their backcourt's just really solid. Uh, Storm Murphy and, and even the guys off the bench, Padula's a great shooter. Uh, so I like Virginia Tech as, as maybe a flyer worth taking there, but I also don't hate your Irish uh, opinion because I think they're very similar teams and they're both on that side of the bracket away from Duke. Yeah, I think Mike Bray needs the win to kind of cool cool down his seat a little bit. It's crazy. Yep. You know, in college basketball, these guys have such long tenures, but uh, it's definitely uh, definitely a hot seat, uh, if we could just be safe and say that for Mike Bray at, at Notre Dame. Jim, appreciate the time and the conversation. As always, good luck with your picks, and enjoy the games tomorrow. Yeah, appreciate it. It, it really gets going tomorrow, and then all the quarterfinals oh, yeah. on Thursday and Friday. Oh, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. He's Jim Root. You check him out at the Three Man Weave. Second Chance Points on Twitter and a frequent visitor here on the network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on v VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The college basketball season is in full swing. Grab a five hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick me up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network from college basketball. Let's shift over to the NBA, where... The Brooklyn Nets looked like the Brooklyn Nets for an evening. Yeah, the team that everyone thought was going to win the Eastern Conference and be the favorite to win the NBA title uh, with all their players playing together kind of looked like it against the Hornets here on Tuesday. We talked about this game last night because... This was uh, my favorite bet on the NBA board was the Brooklyn Nets laying the points. Talked about what the Nets were able to do scoring-wise against the Boston Celtics in the first game uh, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing together, obviously, in, in a long time. And I felt against a bad Charlotte Hornets defense, they would have similar success. And that's exactly what happened. Kyrie scored 50 points for the Nets as they beat the Hornets 132-121. Kevin Durant had just 14 points, but didn't need to do uh, much as the Kyrie show was on. Kyrie was 9 of 12 from three-point range, scoring 50 points. And it's it's going to be a thing now that when the Nets are on the road... They're a live play. Their next game is on Thursday at the Sixers. They're probably going to be an underdog. And 
I'm probably going to take the Nets. Then they're home against the Knicks. Then they go to Orlando. They'll be favored. You can bet on them to win big there. Their next road game after that, Wednesday the 23rd at Memphis, which will be a great game. At Miami will be a great game. At Atlanta on April 2nd. And that'll be the last game that we will see Kyrie Irving unless something changes with the uh, status there. Even though vaccine mandate has been lifted, there's still something that's going on with uh, employees. It just, I don't know, the whole thing just doesn't make sense. Anyway, Nets looked good. They did. They looked really good. And I don't know when we're going to see Ben Simmons. There is a report that he is going to be on the bench on Thursday watching the team play against his former team in the Sixers, but no word on when he's going to join the team on the floor. I really want to see what that looks like, though. I'm so intrigued. But for now, I will enjoy watching the Nets when Kyrie Irving does play. Kyrie and Durant together. Team looked pretty good here on Tuesday. Right now, the the Brooklyn Nets are your eighth seed in the play-in tournament. They're two games back of the Raptors. Just one game up, though, on the Hornets and the Hawks. And uh, two and a half games up on the Wizards, who are on the outside looking in. Rest of the East is well ahead of of that seventh seed. So the top six seeds are probably not going to drop and get into the playing round. Those teams appear to be safe. Elsewhere on Tuesday, it was the uh, Grizzlies beating the Pelicans 132-111. John Morant had 24-8-8. The Warriors lighting it up from outside, beating the Clippers 112-97. The game wasn't even as close as the score indicates because the Clippers, who still lose by double digits, were actually actually outscored the Warriors by 10 points in the fourth quarter when the Warriors started benching players. So uh, not a good couple of games here for the Clippers, losing to the Knicks and losing to the Warriors. Uh, still in the standings, though, the Clippers are in the play-in round. They're the eighth seed. Um, they're not at risk of really of dropping out unless we're talking about an epic collapse because they are seven and a half games in to the play-in round. Uh, not like the Lakers, who are just three games into the play-in round. Lakers uh, losing their last game with LeBron James sitting out. Their next game coming up here against the Rockets. I mean, you got to win that game if you're the Lakers. We'll get into the schedule coming up for Wednesday in just a minute, but we got to talk about the Bucks beating the Thunder, 142-115. Giannis scores 39 points uh, with seven boards and seven assists as uh, the Bucks starting to uh, put some things together here. They have won five straight games and are tied with the Sixers for the two-seed in the Eastern Conference by virtue of tiebreakers. They are the... Um, you know, winning percentage. Mean, I mean, winning percentage to the three seed right now, but they are both three games back of the Miami Heat for the one seed. Taking a look at the schedule for Wednesday in the NBA, the Celtics at the Hornets. No one's been playing better than Boston. It's they've been the best team in the NBA 
since January 1st. Uh, they lose that game to the Pacers the other week, but they've won three games in a row since, including wins over the Grizzlies and against the Nets with Durant and Kyrie Irving. Jason Tatum has been incredible. The defense has been incredible. And uh, they're laying seven and a half against the Hornets. Uh, I, I think they easily pick up the win. The Bulls are playing the Pistons. And you would think that this is the get-right spot for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have lost five straight games. They're 0-5 against the spread in all five of those games. All five are against playoff teams. This is a team that is slumping hard. You would think that this game on Wednesday is a get-right spot for them against the Pistons, who have just 18 wins on the season. However, Detroit has won six of their last eight games and are on an 8-0 and ATS run. So, Bulls might get the win. Pistons plus the six might be the side in this game on Wednesday. Suns are at the heat in what has the potential to be an NBA Finals preview. Miami seven and a half point favorites in that game. Obviously, the spread wouldn't be like that if both Chris Paul and Devin Booker were playing. The Bucks, uh, five and a half point favorites at home against the Hawks. Lakers at the Rockets. Lakers are three and a half point favorites. I don't know if LeBron's playing. You can't lose this game. You just can't. Lakers are not a playoff team. And when it comes to the play-in round of the, the playoffs, I don't know if they'll win one game, let alone two. But you can't lose to the Rockets. The Rockets have the worst record, well, Almost the worst record. They're 16 and 49. The Magic are 16 and 50. So the Rockets are right there with the worst record in the NBA. It's like desperation time. It's been desperation time for this Lakers team. As it stands right now, they are, what, one and a half games ahead of the Pelicans for the 10th seed and the 9th seed. Lakers are currently the 9th seed. And they're only three games up on Portland. And Portland's been playing some terrible basketball. They've lost five straight games. Think about that. As bad as the Lakers have been, they are lucky that Portland has lost five straight. Because if Portland had just gone two and three in those five games, they'd only be one game out of a playoff spot right now. Crazy, right? So then you'd start to have real concern about the Lakers not even making the play-in round, which is just wild. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, we'll get into uh, the trades, the, the trade that went down here in the NFL. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers news as well as the futures market has been thrown for a loop. Touch on some hoops as well as it is a big, big week in college basketball. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. 
AIR. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joined now by Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. And Sean, let's first start with the big story in the NFL. That is Harold Landry getting his deal with the Tennessee Titans. I obviously knew this deal was coming. Uh, no, no, no. Let's talk about the real story. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos, sending the futures market up in a frenzy. A little bit of an overreaction seeing the Broncos' odds shoot up that high, or are you buying with it? Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, first off, big shout out to my buddy, Russell Wilson, and I'm calling him my buddy because uh, me and my co-host, Ryan, uh, we just did an MVP odds when they first posted. We both loved Russell Wilson at 30 to one with the idea of, hey, he's going to be traded to a better destination. He has a no trade clause. He's not going to sign off on going to a worse situation. He goes to a better situation in Denver, and immediately now his MVP odds are 15 to one. So, I, I mean, massive a pickup on the value there. I do think it's probably inflated their Super Bowl price uh, at like 12 to one, just because I mean, a to get out of the AFC West, so super competitive and the AFC in general right now is so stacked. You got the bills, the chiefs, uh, the chargers, I, the, even the Ravens are an interesting uh, play there at 20 to one. It feels like the Colts who are a good team as soon as they get rid of Carson Wentz and uh, the, they're still in the mix to do something interesting as well. So I think the AFC is super, super competitive. And uh, the, the, the Super Bowl price, I think is a little short, but the MVP price is certainly interesting getting a 30 to one, 15 to one. Uh, I'm still somewhat in, but uh, yeah, the Super Bowl price, I think it's a little stay away right now. Yeah. I think it's actually going to be an opportunity to, to pick on another team as the odds uh, certainly change, like the Chargers, you're going to get them at much yeah. longer odds now. And especially even in that division, you get the Chargers at longer odds. And I think that if you, the Chargers are probably a better pick, in my opinion, to, to go deeper into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, you look at the guys around uh, Russell Wilson. None of these guys have any sort of uh, playoff experience. I still think, you know, they're going to re-sign Von Miller now. It's sounding like yep. I, I still think there's a little bit of issues there with Denver and their pass rush. I, I mean, I get why it's appealing, but again, even if you like the Broncos at twelve to one, I would wait. I mean, it, it's not going to go down. Uh, wait till they lose a couple games yeah. early on in the season, and then maybe hop in because their division, their schedule it's it's gonna be tough and I just don't know what to expect from Nathaniel Hackett as a first-year head coach there's probably gonna be some growing pains there 
early on in the season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers back to the Packers. I don't think there was really that much doubt. Uh, there was a possibility that you know Broncos were certainly a team that uh, was being rumored, but it just makes too much sense to stay in the NFC with the Packers because that's the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I thought all this drama, I mean, we went all through this for what? A better deal? You're Aaron Rodgers. You could have got the better deal. What's with all the drama, man? You're, I, because I he's don't. Aaron Rodgers. That's why. <laughs> exactly. And then it was funny, too. He even chimed in on Twitter. Uh, once the, the news shifted to the Russell Wilson trade, he goes, hey, guys, hey, guys, just so you know, those aren't the exact contract details. Yeah. And no one cares, Aaron. You're going to get your 45, 50, whatever it ends up being, a million guaranteed. And why would he go anywhere else? He was back-to-back MVP. You know why? Because he has a good team around him. If the team was so bad around him, how would he have back-to-back MVP uh, years? Like, where are you going that's so much better? Maybe you have a couple skill guys, but green Bay's put good skill guys around him. Did they waste the draft pick in Jordan love? Certainly we can all Mm. agree on that. Uh, Would they be better off if they had T Higgins? Sure. But you still have good pass catchers. You have Devontae Adams. Uh, You know, they, their running backs are solid Um, and, and, you know, they should be getting back to Yari fully healthy for a year. So I think there's enough around him and he's proven that what he has to prove is his ability to win in the playoffs because 50 million a year for a guy who can't, uh, who can't get to the super bowl is is certainly a lot. And uh, you know, that, that 49ers loss was uh, pretty tough Mm -hmm. for Packers backers. I was on the 49ers money line, not to toot my own horn here, but uh, I mean, Faden Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs has been uh, pretty good. So really that's, that's what this deal comes down to. Does he get another ring out of this deal? Yeah. Pencil him in for 13 wins, at least in the regular season already. And then we'll see what happens in the NFC championship game. Should they even get there? Uh, Let's transition to college hoops. It's a huge week conference tournament action. And really Wednesday tomorrow is when everything kind of heats up with the major conference tournaments, Uh, PAC 12 getting underway, the big East, Big Ten, everybody's getting uh, getting going here this week. What are some plays that you have circled for Wednesday's slate of college basketball? Well, I'll show you. I go old school sometimes, and I got a I got a whole card here on my notepad because man, there's just we've been breaking down every conference tournament, so you keep finding uh, stuff you like. As far as stuff for tomorrow or uh, today, if you're on the East Coast, really like Arizona State laying three and a half, twenty first in the nation in defensive efficiency, uh, and you know they have a very, in particular, really good three point defense. They're coming in hot. They've won seven of the last last eight games and you're going up against the Stanford team. They've lost five straight and really they turn the ball over more than anyone else in the conference. So that all put together, I know Arizona state may be disappointed for some of some of the talent they have, but round one against Stanford, I, I like them laying the three and a half sticking in the pack 12. I I've seen a lot of people that uh, are on this. I think I'm going to be on it as well. Three win Oregon state. Catching now nine, nine and a half, depending where you look, against a a struggling Oregon Ducks team. Is that as crazy as it sounds? You know, I, when we picked it on our podcast, it was up to 11. It's all the way, like you said, it's nine, eight and a half in some places. I still like it. And you know, it's it certainly, it's a little crazy because you're betting on a team who hasn't won a game in 2022. But again, <laughs> 
<laughs> again, they're going up against their rival. They're going up against an Oregon team who tons of talent, but again, tons of disappointment. They've lost a three straight coming into this. And yeah, they beat Oregon state by 22 at home in Oregon. But in, you know, when they went to Oregon state, they lost, or they only beat them by two on the road. And this is Oregon State Super Bowl, right? Like they're not winning the Pac-12 conference tournament. They're not getting into the uh, into. I don't even think they'll get into the NIT. Oregon State. This is this is just everything. This game. So I think in a massive bounce back spot where uh, again there was a, a time there where you're getting double digit points. I'm taking it. So yeah, yeah. give me Oregon State. <laughs> I'm 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 on it. Uh, as far as uh, some of these major conference tournaments, any outright futures that you're looking at, whether it be the Big East, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC? You know, uh, with the uh, with the Pac-12, I do like Colorado. Again, they just check a lot of boxes. Young team coming in hot who can shoot the three ball. Like that's what I'm looking for in in some of these long shot conference tournament odds. I think you can get them at like 20 to 1, 22 to 1. Uh and and to that same, you know, in that same range as far as some like interesting mid-range long shots. I do like Alabama. Mm. Now, I I I've been so angry at Alabama uh, because every time we put them on the podcast, I get it wrong. I'm either going, Oh, this is, this is the time where Alabama fails. They're going to play down to their competition. They're going to blow this. Or this is the, this is where Alabama steps up in class and gets it done. Uh, the thing I like about them is they still have a ton of talent and you know, as far as variants, they're up there as far as like how bad they can play and how good they can play. And I think in a, you know, sec uh, conference tourney where it's, it's pretty well matched. I I could see them at 20 to one being an interesting play. Uh, we got about a minute left here. Gonzaga wins their conference tournament. They are in line for the number one overall seed. Uh, I still think Baylor can get there. If they win the big 12, are you penciling in the Zags for the final four? Or do you think they have a stumble along the way? Yeah, I mean, I I think how do you not put the Zags in the uh, in the Final Four? I'm gonna have to see who ends up uh, who who else is in their quadrant there. But I mean, you know, Gonzaga they win a lot of games and then things get wonky in the Final Four. I'm gonna have to see because there are some two seeds that I think I'm gonna be liking. Um, so we'll see who's in their quadrant. But right now, um, again, unless uh, unless St. Mary's gets in the tournament and uh, <laughs> gives them a run for their money. Uh, I think uh, I think Gonzaga, you have to have at least going in the Elite Eight, and and if not, Final Four. Sean, I appreciate the time and the conversation, and good luck with the games tomorrow. All right, thanks a lot, Scott. Have a good one. There he is, Sean Green, the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You check those guys out. Uh, he's on Twitter at Sean T Green. I'm Scott Sandberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. S C O T T S O N. AIR coming up. We'll get into the NHL action that went down on Tuesday. Preview the slate for Wednesday. And we got to catch up with our very own Matt Humans as well. This is the look ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. 